This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. How's it going, guys? This is Mark with Abraham's Wallet, and thanks for listening. Listen, we are kicking off over on the blog a new series on insurance. So I know that you hear that and you say, wow, that's that's exciting. That's exciting stuff to talk about. Life insurance and disability and all these great things that I know you guys are sitting around in the evenings kicking ideas around about about insurance at your kitchen tables. But uh, yeah, so we're going to indulge you there. To be honest, I want that series to be really useful to you. And I thought it would be fun to do a podcast that is based around your questions. So if you go over to abrahamswallet.com, you can see our first installment on insurance. And I'm going to be giving you a few highly tactical articles following that one on specific types of insurance and what you might need to think about as a family leader who is trying to protect your family against potential disaster while also trusting the Lord to meet all your needs. But I'd love to wrap that series up with a Q&A. So if you have questions when it comes to insurance, could be anything, automobile, life, disability, umbrella insurance, what the heck is that? Uh, send them to me at mark at abrahamswallet.com. And we will do a Q&A where we hit all your questions to wrap that series up. So thanks for listening. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. The Hidden Power of Purchase Delay Did you know that your ability to delay gratification might be one of the most powerful determinants of your success in finance? Actually, this is true for almost every area of life. You don't believe me? Okay. Well, have you ever heard of the marshmallow experiment? Sure you have. Some gentleman back at Stanford in the late 60s offered over 600 children a choice. They were set down at a table, and there was a marshmallow, or in some cases they used some other sort of treat, Uh, And it was placed in front of the child. And they were told, listen, you can either eat this marshmallow as soon as I leave the room. No problem. No punishment. Or I'm going to come back in 15 minutes. And if you haven't eaten the marshmallow, if you're able to wait, you will get a second marshmallow to enjoy. Now, of course, some kids waited till the door closed and then slammed the marshmallow immediately. And others waited for the full 15 minutes and saw a 100% return on their investment. So if you go over to the blog, you can see uh, the article that we wrote about this. And there's a video showing these kids agonizing over whether or not to eat the marshmallow. And every time this experiment gets reproduced, it puts on full display which kids have this higher degree of self-control and which ones just go for the gusto of the moment. Um, Why would I care about that experiment when it comes to family leaders trying to manage their resources? Well, uh, Walter Mischel and Ebby Ebison, yep, that's a real name, 
were the two guys who were running this experiment, and they actually followed up on each group over the next several decades and found some fascinating correlations with the ability to delay gratification in the marshmallow test and some other factors in life. Let me tell you about it. So those who delayed gratification ended up winning almost every stage of life in significant ways. They were described by their parents as significantly more competent as adolescents. They had higher SAT scores. They even had faster reaction times in an emergency situation. And as adults, they were better at controlling their response to alluring temptations. So pretty fascinating that this one little test could suggest success in all these really important areas of life. But what does that have to do with you, homie? Well, in our luxury adult culture, the marshmallow test has become a feature of daily life. It's almost impossible to go three hours without an opportunity to instantly gratify yourself with all manner of some good and some destructive stuff, right? So I propose that your ability to pass this test has big implications for your suitability as a steward of the king's resources. Let me tell you about how this has been knocking on my own door lately. When I, when I sat down to first write about the marshmallow test, <laughs> it was the middle of summer, and I was experiencing some extreme heat in my life. You see, my Subaru's AC compressor had gone bad. And this is an expensive fix, guys. I don't know if you've been in this situation, but it starts by, you know, at the end of a 45-minute drive, you start going, I don't think that air is as cold as it used to be. And by the end of the summer, it was like I got 90 seconds of cold air, and then it was done. So because of this being a really expensive fix, I decided to see if I could make it to the fall without AC because here in Salt Lake City, once the fall arrives, I'm good until next summer. And I'm not trying to tell you this so that you'll praise my moderation. This isn't just a minimalist decision for me. I've, I've got the sinking suspicion that as soon as I replace that AC compressor for a couple thousand bucks, that will be the day my car gets crunched, stolen, or otherwise jacked up in some irreparable way. Is this an irrational fear? Probably so, but there it is. I'm sure eventually I'll get the AC fixed and I'll get over it. But if you bear with me here, um, each time I was hopping into this little rolling sauna, I heard a voice saying, you know, Mark, a new Toyota Tundra comes with a working AC. And this voice sounded utterly reasonable to me at times. It even reminded me that as a small business owner, I could expense a 6,500 pound or more vehicle as a tax code section 179 write-off. This voice, um, it points out all the internet ads that I've caused to flood my workspace by visiting toyota.com too frequently, offering huge incentives to me on new trucks. It reminds me that I actually have cash in the bank and I could make this purchase. Of course, the voice is saying, it's all lining up. You, the sunglasses, the rock and roll blaring out of that boss Toyota Tundra, driving it through a shallow creek with the water splashing up in slow-mo. Let's do it. And this is what I mean by the daily marshmallow test. For me at the moment, I can eat the Toyota marshmallow now or wait. For my wife, it's usually a home renovation project that sings a siren song to her every time she walks by the honey oak trim on our staircase. All these alluring temptations are made even more tempting by the fact that we could choose to have them right now, debt-free. It's right there and we could do it. 
Proverbs 21.5 says, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So for many of you guys, my comparison with the marshmallow test is spot on and you know it. For almost any purchase you want, think of treats at the gas station, think of stopping at the coffee shop when free coffee sits at home or at work, think of the nonsense we just throw into our Amazon cart because we're clicking and hey, it's buy time. You can find a way to sell away your future wealth for instant gratification. That's how credit card debt works. You trade in a secure future for an insecure but more indulgent present. It works honestly exactly like the marshmallows. Almost every day of your adult life, you'll be given opportunities to trade future wealth for consumption today. This could be true with your money, but it can also be true with the decision to go for fitness or that piece of chocolate cake you've been eyeing or time with God or extra sleep or a date with your wife or laziness that says it's too much trouble to plan all that. And just like the kids who waited to eat their marshmallow, If you can run that gauntlet without giving in to the tempting offer of instant gratification, odds are you're the type of man who will be adept at long-term thinking. So did you catch that? I'm going to repeat it. If you will put off some of your instant gratification today, you will grow in your ability to think long-term because you're exercising those muscles. Odds are likely that you'll end up in a new situation, and that situation is called wealth. Proverbs 21.17 says, Those who love pleasure become poor. Those who love wine and luxury will never be rich. So let's say you're kind of a self-denying machine. You've learned not to love pleasure, wine, and luxury. You've said no for enough years that you've actually accumulated a bit of wealth. First thing I want to do is say, Nice work, bro. Not many make it as far as you have. The whole culture is telling you, Hey, you deserve it and you're worth it. And all that blather makes us more selfish and fat and poor, right? But you've dodged a lot of bullets, and that's no small achievement. So now you say, in the marshmallow test, the kids get a 100% return for waiting. So now that I can afford to eat the marshmallow, what's my return? Okay, good question. And here's where I point you back to the idea of stewardship. While I have mostly moved past the phase in my life where small and medium-sized purchases are going to derail my own personal financial future, I've not come remotely close to killing the thing off inside of me that always begs for more, bigger, and better. If the only return I get by putting off, even just for a season, something that I really want is that I'm able to chop away at that nasty thing, that's, that's really a good deal for me, right? So it's not all about money or it's not only about money. It's about stewarding my character and keeping that self-control muscle taut. Proverbs 11:18 says, "Evil people get rich for the moment, but the reward of the godly will last." Of course, that's not the only return. Yep, there's even another one. So, the promises of conspicuous consumption are mostly empty. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you you probably know that at least in your head somewhere. And more often than not, by saying no to whatever it is that's caught my eye for the moment, I end up seeing those temptations for what they are. I would have a hard time counting up all the junk that I've ogled and thought about buying that lost its luster entirely after just a short period of time saying no. All the money that I would have converted into home gyms and high-powered rifles and rare whiskey, and of course the aforementioned pickup truck, 
over the past years. Yeah, I'm sorry guys, those are all real examples for things that call out to me. But that money's all growing and productive today. Instead of losing interest right after acquiring whatever the item du jour might be, I was able to say no and realize that I didn't actually want the thing, and I was able to keep focus on faithfully deploying my resources into places where they could grow, bless others, and expand my family's influence. So my good men, stare that marshmallow down. And if you need some tips to steal up your jaw for the fight, here's my quick reminders. Number one, the hedonic treadmill is very real, okay? So as soon as you acquire the thing that's calling out your name, I promise there will be a replacement thing. Step off the treadmill by intentionally saying not now to purchases whenever possible. Number two, getting everything you want is actually a big time curse. Let's say that you could acquire every single item on your wish list. Where would that leave you? Thankfully, (laughs) we have an example from the Bible of a guy who got just that. King Solomon very intentionally set out to acquire every single thing that caught his eye. And he was arguably the richest man ever to live. So he bought it all. And at the end, he said it was completely bankrupt of meaning. So learn to be at peace with less. Number three. There is no finish line. This may be another place where we depart from the dear Dave Ramsey, who is famous for saying that by living like no one else now, i.e. frugally, you'll be able to live like no one else later. And I take that to mean you're kicking it in the super yacht, crystal in hand. As I said before, purchase delay is much more about refining our hearts and proving our mettle to a demanding master than it is about building our 401k accounts. I'm still going to be employing this valuable tool in my old age, regardless of my bank account balances. And number four, this one's important. Delay doesn't always mean no. I actually might buy the dang pickup truck, okay? But I've decided to wait at least a year. By then, I've found that the novelty of an idea has usually worn off, and I can make a great decision about the stewardship of resources at my disposal. Because this is true... Coming up with a great story also doesn't lead to an automatic yes for a purchase. I can sit on that story for a while, and if it still seems good to me after a time, I can move forward with my purchase. Trust me, I've told myself plenty of very convincing stories about why the next purchase makes perfect sense for our family. Just put those on ice for a bit, and then move forward in confidence with the ones that survive a bit of the delay, okay? You guys are stronger than the marshmallow, okay? Do things to prove that. Pay down your debt faithfully. Put some emergency money aside into your thought-through buckets that we've talked about in the past. Invest so that you can expand your your family's capital and influence. And most importantly, rule your own heart and set yourself up for ruling more in the future. Good luck, guys. Go get after it. And for Abraham's Wallet, I'm Mark Perry.